one cannot motivate people with lies. Lies are a way to expropriate what the liar has no right to. There are countless ways to do this, but whatever way is used to take from others what belongs to them, the result is enmity and a liar being viewed as a threat. This does not just increase competition, it destroys whatever vestiges of trust might have existed. But it is trust that builds a business, not competition. But capitalists were raised on the idea of a competitive and unregulated market, though it is an ideal that has never existed. As competition declines with the increase in monopolized markets, the chance of anyone seeing an unregulated market becomes increasingly less likely. But the myth remains and it is difficult to disregard. The idea is attractive in its simplicity. According to the myth of the free market, we all seek our own advantage. But if I refuse to deal with my suppliers and buyers upstream and downstream, my business will stop functioning. We want everything to go our way, but the reality is my suppliers and buyers are independent business people and will not do business with me unless their own needs are met. That being said there is always the possibility I can find a way to exploit a weakness in a competitor's business operation. And there is the possibility they will find a way to exploit a weakness in my operation. So our assets are always under a threat of loss. Even when we are discussing ways to exploit labor or the customer we are also always looking out for a way to exploit one another. Regardless of how our business interests align, your assets are owned by you and my assets are owned by me. We think, as risky as this is, the competitive free market is the best way to allocate scarce resources. This is because we are all looking for a competitive edge. If I can discover a more efficient way of getting my product to market, I will be able to sell cheaper, make more money and take market share from my competitors. This might give me the opportunity to buy out the competition so I become a monopoly and can set prices. There is however, always the danger of a new competitor entering the market. The capitalist market is supposed to be unregulated. Yet, no matter how strenuously capitalists argue that an unregulated free market gives us a strong economy the government always maintains a large degree of regulation in place. This is why we can say we have never operated in a free market. But how could one? Free markets are a conceptual idea, not feasible in reality. We cannot see or feel them. They are an extrapolation from the competition that exists between buyer and seller. The seller is trying to get the best price and the buyer is trying to get the best price also, but each is doing that from their own perspective. The totality of these individual dramas is called the free market. But the free market is not capitalist but a hybrid between capitalism and socialism. Socialism keeps the market stable. Capitalism gives the market a dynamic entrepreneurialism. The market needs both factors. But they exist in a different balance depending on which aspect is being accentuated by the state. Socialism and capitalism exist on the same continuum. They are not polar opposites and while we like to conceptualize them this way, in fact both have a state and both use taxation and laws. It is true that in some countries the level of regulation and public ownership is very high. But no country is one or the other it is a matter of degree. There are two facts we have to be cognizant of. 1. Private property especially when it is highly concentrated in a few hands, cannot exist without the regulatory power of the state to protect it. 2. If there is a state there is taxation and some degree of public interference in the operation of the market. In other words, there is no free market that is entirely private and no command market that has no private ownership component.
Different countries have different proportions of each, but the differentiation is on par with the gender identity debate. The decision to identify as capitalist or socialist is entirely a personal one made by the state. If we want to build on the Bible there are a few facts we need to keep in mind. God created the planet, he owns the natural world, not us. We have no right to claim nature. It belongs to God, to make a claim on physical assets is to declare war against God. Assets belong to God. They cannot be converted into currency. The statement that Jesus made to his disciples about giving to Caesar what is Caesar's was a trick question. The coinage belonged to Caesar, but the gold belongs to God. This is a dilemma for Satan's reality. It is not a problem for God's. We can own only what we create. In economics this is value added to assets and is referred to as equity. Equity is assets minus liabilities, which in this case is God's portion and the portion the fallen world claims as its own. Equity utilized as a unit of account is issued as preferred shares. As a unit of account, the preferred shares are known as prefers with the designation. If we are doing right or good we act rationality. Rationality is actions that are coherent. One's actions can be deduced from the premise on which they are based. Rational actions are sustainable. They are not in need of subsidization. The more rational one is the more value one creates in a sustainable. We can cooperate or compete. If we compete we produce a winner and lots of losers. If we cooperate, we all win. But we have to do it right so what seems like cooperation is not a covert competition deciding who can delude others in thinking they are acting in a fair and equitable manner when they are exploiting every weakness they can find. A theocracy is an organization under God, meaning a group of humans ruled by God. But God is not an administrator and this leads to a confusion as to the nature of a theocracy. However, if we accept that God created reality and the truth of God is written in our hearts, a resolution becomes available. Mankind is ruled by or aware of logic and morality. God does not need to tell us not to murder or steal because a logical person would know this is not a moral thing to do. Just as a moral person would know it is not logical to destroy anything with value. Ultimately what we have is a cooperative. If we are not ruled by our own kind but are ruled by logic, there is an intrinsic order to how we live. Because God has provided us with a prototype or framework all we have to do is life consistent with it. This paradigm is what believers need not just defend but to universalize. We cannot destroy the truth of God nor the things of God. We can add value to it. A theocracy is a place in which believers add value to the things of God. Theocratic cooperatives create an objective validation of our faith by formalizing this act of adding value. Theocratic cooperatives are based on a small group or cell of 3 to 15 people, 12 is the target size. The key to forming a cell is to create a formal way of calculating value. But to do this we need to establish a foundation from which to begin. This is akin to setting up a business. A business is really just a particular way of adding value to the things of God. Each business focuses on a particular kind of asset or commercial property to create value in a specific manner. Certain kinds of commercial property is collected to capitalize the cooperative consistent with the methods to be used to add value. The investments made are compensated for by deposits made to the accounts of the investor. A sale of capital valued at $500 is paid for with a deposit of 500 preferred share units. 
As mentioned, these units of account are deposited in the investor's account. The capital invested increases the assets of the cooperative. This capitalization gives the cooperative the capital it needs to issue preferred shares equal to the value of the assets donated. In other words, capitalization means a cooperative entity trades equity for assets. The cooperative is a business and the assets provided reflects its business model. Those who help capitalize the cooperative are members of the cooperative. Members receive a common share issued by the cooperative. The formation of a theocratic cooperative is a work of faith. Creating a cooperative requires us to put our faith in one another. This faith is manifested in a concrete way by the establishment of the cooperative. Once members have divested themselves of assets with commercial value we work as employees of the cooperative. The preferred shares issued to the investor and paid to the employee for his or her work is the currency of the cooperative. Called prefers and designated by the symbol, prefers are non-inflationary. They do not lose value. This creates a sustainable business. Members of the theocracy buy and sell using the prefers unit of account.